right? It is Saturday night, and you know what that means, Ben. Another episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. How's it going? Not bad, man. Not bad. Especially considering that I literally, I woke up from my nap at 7.46 p.m. What? What? You mean you woke up 20 minutes ago? Are you kidding me? Uh, Pretty much. That that's my that's my level of dedication to this show. I uh, I woke up at five a.m. on a Saturday. Yes, you told me that off air, and I told you where do you have to be unless you you're going to the gym to work out. Where do you have to be at five o'clock in the morning on a Saturday? No, like I said, um, my uh, dad and I went to a bunch of uh, gun shops to pick up some ammunition. And then, then, uh, then, then again, I used to. I, I would say I was that kid that used to wake up at six, six o'clock in the morning to watch uh, cartoons on Saturday morning. <laughs> no, that's weird. And Sunday mornings because I'm just weird like that. No, but actually, um, Sunday mornings, um, for a while, I used to wake up at six a.m. because they used to air Pro Wrestling Plus. At that time, on Sunday mornings, I really wanted to watch Pro Wrestling Plus. Oh, Lord. I don't know. Have you heard of that? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, oh, oh. Pro. Okay, you know what? I'm going to send you a link uh, from YouTube because the, the, basically it's like a magazine show where they cover the different different territories around the, around the U.S. that were that were uh, up and running at that time. So right. that's not your homework. I'm just going to give because I'm just to show you like what I'm talking about when I say Pro Wrestling Plus. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. Yeah. Now, now in, the, in the short history of Ben's homework corner, I have to say that uh, this was my favorite week of assignments. Because... Uh, <laughs> No, because, um, you know, Starcade 83 was like WrestleMania before there was a WrestleMania. That's their WrestleMania. That, that That's the NBA's version of WrestleMania. So, uh, you know, I absolutely, um, I absolutely loved it. Actually, um, you know, they say that there were uh, three classic matches on that card, but to tell you the, to tell you the truth, um, I thought that it was four, and surprisingly, it wasn't. It the Briscoe match I don't consider to be a classic on that show. I was more, um, I was more interested in um, in Bob Orton and uh, and um, Dick Slater tag match than I was with uh, the Briscoe brothers. And we will get into that. And plus, we have AEW, NXT, SmackDown, and as we just mentioned, Starcade 83. But in addition, we have NXT arrival from February 27, 2014. So, Ben, why don't we get things going here with AEW? Absolutely. And uh, I guess that's my cue to... uh... To pull up the AEW review, that would certainly help. Yes. Okay, here we go. 
uh, you know, and um, just for, just for entertainment and and uh, shits and giggles, I ha- I have to t- I have to tell you, um, I when I woke up on uh, on uh, when on Wednesday and the the news had broke that Paul White, aka the Big Show, had signed with with AEW. I thought I was existing in an alternate dimension. I thought it was a joke. I thought that was a fan-made graphic that was that was up on Facebook when I when I uh, logged in that day. I'm like, no, come on. And then um, I saw the official statement that followed. And I'm like, wow. Now let me ask you something. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that Paul White signs a week before Shaquille O'Neal has his match on AEW? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I, was, I was honestly going back and forth on, on whether or not, you know, the Big Show um, was a good signing for uh, AEW. And I think... I think he will be just in terms of being able to, uh, you know, mentor the big men in uh, AEW. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm not interested in um, seeing the big show in the ring anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Although we will. Uh, well, yeah, because apparently he. He will be in the in the ring from time to time. Although for the for the time being, I think um, I think they're gonna have him on uh, commentary for a new AEW YouTube show. Called, I saw uh, this. Hey, uh, how many shows are man? They, now they have they have they have dark, they have dynamite. Now they have this new one. Oh, that's a lot of wrestling. And on on top of that. This this new show um, Elevation um, that they just unveiled for YouTube, um, they have another show coming apparently um, to uh, double up on their TNT um, show availability. But um, hold on, so wait, what do you know about Elevation? Because AW Dark is where they have like the talent said that they're that are working on their skill, rings, in-ring skills and stuff. What's Elevation supposed to be, though? Um, to, be on, to be honest with you, it's, it's too early for me to, uh, to say because, on, honestly, I have no idea. And, um, wow. Okay. So I mean, what, I, do, you know I this, mean I, do you know what this other new one is going to be called, or? Uh, no. I, wow. That's no, that, wrestling. That's just what I'm hearing, but 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 the thing of it is this, right? So so I I have to be honest with you. I don't watch dark. I would never go out of my way Ooh. to watch. I would never go out of my way to watch dark because it's a three-hour YouTube show. No, so, it's two hours. It's two hours. I, I watch dark. It's two hours. Well, I okay. Well, I heard it, it was three from oh, diff- no, different points. 
Uh, well, not for me, anyways. I don't know because uh, I download to, to my computer, so I guess for me it's less. I guess they because they have commercials on there. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because I I had heard that it was three, so I I would I would have to acknowledge that any information that I got either from dark or elevation um, would be you know co computer generated at this point. Um, just for uh, shits and giggles, live on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, I will uh, look up AEW Elevation and see if I can get a, a synopsis for what we're looking at here. Um, but, I, I watched Dark Lewis take on TCM, so... <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Don't... Well, I agree with you. But let's not use the word yummy again on the PNC Progression Wrestling. Oh, we saw what happened last time. Because, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, he had to cut my live mic. Elio, Elio <laughs> had to cut my live mic because literally for the, for the first time in my life, I had tears coming out of my eyes because I was, la I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Let's see what we got for elevation. I couldn't. I, I mean, I couldn't breathe. Okay, so um. Okay, so let me click on uh, on the Wrestling Observer newsletter link here. Wrestling Observer newsletter. You you follow Meltzer? Come on. Uh, no, no, I no, I don't. It's just the first. Yeah, well, um, l ladies and gentlemen, if I have a feud with Braun Strowman, then uh, Elio definitely has a feud with Dave Meltzer. But anyway, <laughs> going um, on ten, going on more than ten years. Damn it. Well. Uh, from, no, from sorry, what, 20, my bad. More than 20 years. Yeah, because from what you told me, it originated in 97. Anyway, um, you can give us more details on that after this. So, apparently, uh, here's what here's what the, uh, the press release um, says um, for, for Elevation. It says... Uh, Announced on Wednesday's Dynamite, Paul White and Tony Schiavone will be the announced team for AEW Dark Elevation when it premieres on March 15th. Hold on, um, hold on. AEW Dark, so this is just another spinoff of Dark? Yeah. So. Okay, go on. It says, um, according to the press release, the show will, quote, Showcase AEW's established and rising stars, as well as the top independent wrestlers within the company competing against each other in the ring in pursuit of wins. Uh, God, this isn't exactly illuminating. I thought, that I, thought that I thought that's what the original AEW Dark was for. Yeah, well, that was my understanding. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, apparently I'm missing something. Um, but it, it, it goes on to state that AEW Dark Elevation will also maintain continuity with AEW Dynamite and AEW Dark 
uh, AEW's pay-per-view shows and streaming events with wins and losses factoring into each wrestler's ranking in the company. Okay, this this is what I see. I I used to write press releases as part of my job. I think this is the worst press release I've ever seen in my entire life. It's not telling me anything I didn't already know. Wow. Yeah, like uh, just by you telling me that uh, to showcase uh, the fastest rising independent stars, I'm like, I thought that's what the the original dark was all about. Well, well, that was my that was my understanding as well. So trust me, wow. you're not you're not alone in being confused. Uh, it concludes with saying the new show is not the one that has been proposed for Warner Media, which is still scheduled to debut sometime in 2021. So uh, suffice to say, we have a lot of AEW coming our way. Oh my oh, and, goodness! And and speaking speaking of of AEW, and uh, after this, we'll, we'll talk more in depth about the big show. But since I just read this press release, um, did you happen to uh, did you happen to see the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter awards and how Tony Khan won for Promoter of the Year and yeah. and AEW announced team won for like announced team of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, to be honest, to be honest with you, and and this, and this is not hating on Tony Khan, um, but uh, you know the the company has to be around for more than a year for me to give uh, a, a promoter a uh, that kind of award. Like, to me, that means nothing at this particular time. Um, now, granted, regardless, I, I wouldn't hold uh, these awards in high esteem no matter who they were given to because, you know, it's Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And, uh, well, they gave Rookie of the Year. Hold on, they gave Rookie of the Year to NNG. Uh, yeah, and speaking of Anna J, she, she's going to be out for six to twelve months with a knee. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm upset because I really wanted to see her in the tournament. Uh, yeah, and uh, and honestly, man, I don't I don't know where they're going with that tournament now that uh, you know Britt Baker is lost. I I guess uh, I guess maybe you were right when you said that uh, she just going up against Riho. Mm-hmm. Which, which I'm not, I'm not, sh- I'm still not sure why Riho is not in the Japanese bracket. Uh, well, does she live? Does she live in Japan or does she live in the U.S.? I don't know. No, no, I know. I'm, I'm asking. I'm asking because I'm just wondering if that's why they put her on the U.S. side. Uh, well, pro- probably. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But a- anyway. We we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of developments coming out of um, AEW and get, getting back just briefly to this big show situation. You know, I I'm not I'm not going to be the one to bury it until until um, you know 
we see we see what it is. I think from I think from an experience uh, standpoint, kind of mentoring the young guys on the roster is it's a very good hire. Um, but if you if you expect me to get excited about having um, the big show in the ring in 2021, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not too keen on that. However. Um, you know, what really surprised me about this news, and I think most people, is I honestly thought that um, that the big show was going to be a, a WWE lifer um, because he had been there for 22 years. And, you know, I just figured, uh, I just figured after that kind of a stint, he was kind of going to be there forever. Um, but, you know, but the other thing too is like this could be a, a landmark moment because if if somebody like the Big Show is gonna make that that kind of a jump, um, then anybody could really. Now, by itself, I don't I don't think that the big the Big Show coming to AEW is earth shattering. But in in conjunction with uh, some of the other th- stuff that's going on, um, I think I think it could be. So it's just it's just a matter of uh, you know what AEW does with the with the momentum, and um, obviously obviously we've never heard of the Big Show being in a commentary role, um, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to pass judgment on that one, um, but uh, I don't know what was your initial reaction when you heard of uh, the Big Show joining AEW. I thought so, I thought it was someone's idea of a joke because like you know these fans they like to make up their own posters like this person's all, is all elite or whatever. Then I saw the official statement, so I'm like. Wow, that was a surprise to me. But uh, yeah, I want to see what they do, what they actually do, or how they use him. Yeah. But like, so, like I, for me, I'm not impressed with the with the, the signing. But whatever, I'll, we'll wait and see what they do. Absolutely. So, to uh, be continued on that conversation. Yep. But uh, let's let's get back to. Uh, this week's edition of um, of Dynamite because we're gonna hear uh, Mr. White speak on next on next week's edition of Dynamite. Oh, so we- see, see, he's gonna be what? See, watch, watch, something's gonna happen. Yes, and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> as we as I'm we, I'm just la- saying, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm just saying, watch, something's gonna happen. Yeah, as as we as we laugh evilly, waiting for the uh, the news sites to to uh, trip all over themselves, and for all the fanboys to be like, "Oh, oh God, don't you don't you hate those people?" Uh, the worst. Now I'll tell you off air what uh, we did um, on last week's show. Um, that has to do with um, that, but that's I'll tell you that off there. Okie dokie. So, um, 
I had to tell you, AEW uh, Dynamite got, got off to a very sluggish start. Yeah, it did. In, in the first in the first hour, the, now the second half of the show was much much more entertaining. But um, now hold on, Ben. Before you go on, I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what are your thoughts on on uh, Dolph Ziggler's young brother? Um, I'm I'm not impressed by what I've seen so far. Um, to be. To be fair, it's not really a large sample size, but um, I I have to question what he's doing in the ring with John Mosley. I mean, I, I I understand the concept of a squash match, but this was this was just uh, unnecessary in in my opinion. Now I'll tell I'll tell you um. Right now, he is terrible on the mic because, like I, like I told you, I watch Dark, I download it, and I watch it on my own time. So I'm not, I don't have that much, that kind of time to sit in front of my computer every week. So for like three hours, two hours, three hours. So um, he was on the last episode I watched. He is yeah. terrible on the mic. He's like, you don't like me because I'm smart. You don't like me because I'm attractive. Oh. Well, I'm uh, <laughs> well. I I'm both smart and attractive and capable of putting together multi-celebic sentences. Oh. So, so that is exactly the way I just said. It, that is exactly the way he said it on the mic. I'm like this. This promo is terrible. Well, He's you, like, you don't like me because I'm known the world over. I'm like I've never heard of you. <laughs> Who who knew you with the exception of your last name there, brother? I think uh I think you need to settle down. But uh um, but John Moxley got rid of him quite efficiently. Um and uh then we had a uh post match promo by Mr. Moxley explaining the ex- um exploding barbed wire uh death match. Now, what did you think of this promo? I I like the promo. I I oh, think um, I think uh, Mosley cut a good promo here, okay. um, and uh, and I I am not the uh, I am not the type that's going to bury this match concept um, until mm. uh, un, until I see what it is. Mm, did you see the the last match that they had? Um. Oh, you mean you mean the, the the last extreme match that AEW tried to pull off with Omega and Moxley, the last barbed wire match. Uh, don't you remember no. the last one they had? That wasn't a barbed wire match. Yeah, it was. Though. Yeah, it was. Remember that they had that big that big spider web of a barbed wire. Yeah, but that was just a spot, but that wasn't that that wasn't like barbed it's, wire. It was still disgusting. Like, bar, uh, but I know, but I've seen like barbed wire matches before, before, so for me, I'm not a fan. No, I mean, I I wasn't a fan when they did that kind of stuff in uh, in the former TNA wrestling and the ECW. I thought it was just too much, mm-hmm. but. 
But having said that, I don't have a weak stomach like some of these uh, Twitter motherfuckers. <laughs> what? So, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, because um, because John uh, had to come out and say, like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Because you know people like Jim Cornette are going to shit all over it. You know what I mean? Before they even see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Um, which, which I always find entertaining, uh, but uh, but like like I said, I I despise Twitter. Like, I, ladies and gentlemen, the the only thing I use Twitter for is is to publicize this podcast. That's it. I, I other than that, I don't give a shit. Um, but then again, I guess it's because I'm the exception to the rule when it comes to my uh, generation because everybody seems so obsessed with social media because it's so necessary. Um, but uh, when I think of social media, I think of I'd rather burn in, in fire, be drenched in blood, be tortured by the reality and revolted by the uh, by the concept, oh just God. just as Moxley is oh is uh, confronted with all those feelings when he thinks about a barbed wire uh, explo- or exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Um, does it give you? A, does it give me a sick thrill? No. Does it give me shaky hands? You're damn right. Uh, I, I am I am not addicted to social media, but Moxley is addicted to the feeling of a blood, sweat, and tears and laying his soul bare every night. So, um, and he goes, uh, if this is a way to go out, um, then this is one hell of a way to end it. So, uh, th- this was this was a good uh, this was a good promo, and I look forward to seeing what. Uh, what these two sick bastards can come up with on uh, on March seventh here. So uh, and then and then I'm just gonna skip over some of this stuff because some of this is uh, completely inconsequential. Um, the 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 next match was Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus the Varsity Blondes. I don't care. Uh, the most um, the most interesting part of this match was uh, after the match when Sting bought out Taz's son Hook in a body bag. I'm kind of digging the return of the body bag gimmick because uh, I'll tell you what, when the Undertaker did it back in the day, that scared the shit out of me. When, when, when he would when he would sit up in the middle of the ring in the body bag, I'd be like, "Oh my God, mommy!" You know what scared me was um, the funeral parlor um, when uh, <clears throat> he he was feeling with the Ultimate Warrior and he cre- he made that coffin for the warrior and he trapped the warrior in the coffin. Uh, yeah, well, well. The, the only, the only um, coffin segment that scared me more was when he was uh, when he was building Yokozuna's uh, prior to uh, uh, Royal Rumble '94. 
Are you talking about when he when he was building the coffin, or when they or that uh, one or the the ending of that match where he appeared inside the coffin? Well, both. Yeah. <laughs> because because the the pro, the promo and the way like the way the promo ended, you know, with with the carriage driving away, and then and then you you see the. Uh, and you see the Undertaker standing behind it. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. So um. So yeah, and then oh my God, this was this was kind of, uh, this was kind of lame. So. So you you know how you know you know how we have this, uh, Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and and Miro thing going on with Charles the butler. Well, well some, somebody comes up to Tony Schiavone in the middle of this segment and says, uh, hands him a note and it says, will you wrestle us at Revolution? Yes, no, maybe circle one. I'm like, what is this? A professional wrestling promotion or a middle school math class? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> You know, like, like you know, the, 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 there are some. You tell you, you, you tell Ben. Well, you know, there are some aspects of AEW that I really enjoy, but then they go and pull off some stupid shit like this, and I just have to, you know, I, I really have to, I really have to question. And then, like I said, I have to suffer through uh, another boring match. I'm just gonna, I'm, you know what? I'm just gonna. Skip down to the second hour. No, because, no, no. JJ Kinger and uh, Brandon Cutler was terrible. Um, yeah, and, but then then we had a good match with Isaiah Cassidy and Hangman Adam Page. Yep. Uh, getting uh, getting Matt getting Matt and uh, Adam ready for their faceoff at Revolution. You know, I I have to I have to tell you. I I've been very uh, impressed with uh, Private Party by and large, um, and uh, and it was it was nice to see one of them in a singles capacity, um, and uh, I'll be very I'll be very interested to see how far uh, Cassidy and Quinn can go together because uh, it's it, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing to see their potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. I this couldn't care. No, hold on. Go on. Go on. I'll tell you. I couldn't care less because, look, look, I, I kind of expected Britt Baker to win this tournament. And, and now that they got Nyla Rose going over, um, I don't know where they're going with it unless, like I said, Maybe they're thinking along the same lines that you are, and they're going to have uh, Hikaru Shida versus Riho in the finals. See, I'm gonna, I was going to say that I I actually didn't mind this match. I liked it a lot better than uh, Nyla Rose's matches because uh, I'm not a fan of Nyla Rose, but this was uh, one of not one of her uh, bad matches. And that, that was mainly because of Britt Baker, because I'm a fan of Britt Baker. Well, who's who's not a fan of Britt Baker? I mean, come on. Don't make me use the word. <laughs> well, go, 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 
go ahead, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. You you can't see, but Elio is literally uh, fidgeting behind the camera because he wants me to give him a lead in so he can hit this uh, segment of the show. Go ahead. Yummy. Oh my god! You 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 you're a you're a weird motherfucker. You know that? Oh god! Go and, ahead. Uh, and, and ladies and gentlemen, it was only because I was mentally prepared for that that you didn't hear me dissolve into uncontrollable fits of laughter. <laughs> See, because because last week when he hit me with the yummy in reference to. Um, to uh, Randy Rose, I was just like, oh my god. Um, but anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, okay, I keep re- I keep forgetting I don't have a mouse this evening. I'm sorry, I gotta uh, ask. Uh, since you don't have a mouse, what what are you using? Are you using your keyboard or? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it's terrible. I hate that happens. I had to do that myself for a while. Yeah, well, luckily, luckily, I'll just be able to grab a grab a battery for the mouse after mm-hmm. the show. But I, I'd I'd rather not hit pause for that. So yeah. Um, and then uh, the the main event was was solid between um, uh, between Archer and Ray Phoenix. I I really uh, really like everything that Ray Phoenix does. Uh. You know, obviously, um, Archer got the win here. Uh, or no, no, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, he did. Huh? It was Archer that got the win. Yeah, I didn't uh, the it was the size difference. I thought they worked well together, though. Yeah, um, I um, and I I like how these they're seemingly building Lance Archer back up. Um, you know, because he was kind of lagging for a while, mm-hmm. um, especially especially after losing to Moxley, um, and now that they're starting to uh, build him back up, I, I really do um, I really do think that he has something. Um, I'm not sure about the Murder Hog Monster gimmick. You know, and and his hairdo is kind of weird, but I, I I like everything else about Lance Archer. No, you have to you have to watch. I know I know you don't watch NJPW, but uh, you if you, if you saw some of his stuff there, wow. Oh oh yeah, I, I trust no, I know, no, I'm, I know I'm saying like yeah, this is a uh, hairstyle um, like, and um, it's funny because. Uh, when he was Lance Rock, he had a totally different look. Yeah, and same with the whole Lance Lee and Vance Archer gimmicks. Vance Archer was terrible. Come on, what like? Well, well, that's because WWE just doesn't know how to use certain people. Yeah, I mean we we we've gotten plenty of examples of that, but um, yeah. but. And this is kind of off topic, but another reason why I really like Lance Archer is because I follow him on Instagram and his dogs are adorable. Like, you know, because. Okay. Like, That's he, cool. No, like, he is. Com- he's, like, completely out of character on his Instagram and he 
and he puts other things over and you know he he just cuddles with his dogs all the time and, and they're cute as hell and That's i cool. i am i am just an absolute mark for dogs uh speak, speaking of that ladies and gentlemen uh it's it's a it's a national holiday at least in my house tomorrow because it's it's my youngest plug's second birthday tomorrow. So happy birthday to you! <laughs> happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, Ben's pug! Happy birthday to you! Okay, there you go. Absolutely. So, uh, so Pepper gets plenty of pepperonis tomorrow. Very good. So uh, cheap plug, but uh, you know, then again, who doesn't want a plug for a puppy? For God's sake. So. Uh, but anyway, uh, mo- moving on, um, I will now uh, give you the reins for the NXT review for the week. All right, so NXT. Now, did you watch this? Yes, I did. Okay. All right, so on to NXT. Let me pull up the results here. We have... The opening match, Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis. Uh, okay, oh. Yeah, yeah, this one for me, I didn't really like this match much. Just like the whole, the way, and now apparently there's going to be some, there's some dissension in the, in the way. Yeah, yeah, because Indy Harwell wants to wants to bang Dexter Williams, and Austin Theory has Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, he, he's like, well, no, maybe Dexter Williams is not such a bad guy. He's just misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, okay. And and, and the, the way Candice LeRae said, "What the?" and then Johnny covered her mouth. I can just see there there being a new faction born out of this. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like Dexter leading a new faction of Indian and Austin Theory. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I don't think that will work. No, I'm but, just uh, I'm just saying, yeah, like knowing the WWE the way they work. Exactly. You know what some of the stupid ideas they've come up with. Yeah. Okay, Ben. This part of the NXT went straight to the moon. Oh, God. I love Cameron Grimes' segments on NXT. They were hilarious. Yeah, they were They were really funny. I, You know what? I want Cameron Grimes versus Ted DiBiase at WrestleMania. That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, if you if you um, did like a promo battle between Cameron Grimes and and Ted DiBiase, that would be amazing. It was um, but you know. So speaking of that, I uh, did some research as to who these extras were. Oh, that um. Okay, go on that uh, were in these segments. And one of them, um, one, one of them, the, 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 uh, the first one, the lady that, that he had dribbled the ball, 
Apparently, uh, Mr. Cameron Grimes didn't use his uh, his new money influx uh, to do some background checks on these people uh, because the first the first lady he gave the ball to is a, was a former WNBA player before she signed with WWE. Okay. Well, I'm going to guess that some of these are these are all like new recruits from the performance center. Well, that, well, that's exactly who they are. But I, I, especially with especially with that first girl and, and um, yeah, you know, finding out that little nugget. I, do I you have, do you have the name? Do you have names or? Um, I can, I can get them. Uh, hang, hang on one one. On the five research only on the PNC um, podcast. Let's see here. What have we got? The, the, see, the, this is this is where you cue the um. Well, she, uh, while you do that, I'm gonna move on to the next match, which yeah, had yeah. one of my new favorites. Me thinks. Methinks I'm in love uh, with uh, this one on NXT. Zoe Starks versus Io Shirai. I enjoyed this match. I like this Zoe Starks. Absolutely. And it has nothing to do with the fact that she looks like my ex. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Just thought I'd try it out. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my God. And then we had Casey Kenanzaro versus Zaya Lee. Of course, um, Zaya Lee winning after she threw Casey into the into that chain link wall on the outside, and then uh, went after her knee. So the referee stopped the match and awarded to Zaya Lee. Then we had the Grizzled Young Veterans defeating Killing Dane and Drake Maverick. Now, I don't, I don't like Killian Dane and, and Drake Maverick as a tag team. It, it just, but I did appreciate the segment with Alexander Wolf because mm-hmm. yeah, I, he, he walks. He's like, look at you. You used to be a monster. Yeah, and like, uh, sanity didn't have a. a a chance in hell, which really disappointed me because I really like them. And you know, look, look what they're doing with um, with Nikki Cross now. Oh, where is she? Where, where is she? And we haven't seen her. Well, no. The the last time we saw her, she was still trying to convert uh, Alexa Bliss back to being her best friend. Yeah. Alexa Bliss. Um, Alexa Bliss. Just like uh, Cameron Grimes should convert some of his uh, uh, newfound money into brain cells because mm-hmm. I just found the identity of these extras. Oh, okay. And what do we have here? So the, the first the, the first guy that he tried this uh, dribbling gimmick with was uh, WWE social media producer Anthony Santanello. Nilo. Okay. Uh, and he got, he tweeted on the segment and said, thanks for the money. <laughs> you know, so Grimes really should have done his uh, research on how to execute these uh, promos. Okay. And then uh, 
to, to go along with what I was saying, he then tried the act of former WNBA player Unreal Howard. Apparently, she signed with WWE last December. Uh, she used she used uh, some of her uh, some of her skills to hit him with a crossover to avoid him kicking the ball out from underneath underneath her. Um, apparently, several several fans recognized her on uh, the sh- on the show. Uh, from her time in the WNBA, I un- unfortunately, I you know, I have nothing against the WNBA. It's just it's never on where I live, so I was unaware of who she yeah, was. It's never on here either. So you want to watch? You have to go online. Yeah. So um, so so the the last guy was. Uh, his name was uh, Jacob Casper. Apparently, he's he's a standout amateur wrestler, and uh, the, apparently, uh, Jacob Casper wasn't the first member of his family to get signed by WWE, um, because uh, they just signed his brother Drew this week, and apparently, they're both top amateur wrestling. Uh, competitors so uh that is that is the results of your on the fly research right here on the pnc progression wrestling podcast you're welcome right great work mr ben very good all right so next up we have Santos Escobar versus Carrying Cross. This this was fucking awesome. Everything about this was fucking awesome. See when when Carrying Cross just broke right through that 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 whatever the barrier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he just threw. Um, he absolutely destroyed Joaquin Wild and and like and Raul Mendoza. Yeah. I I hope to the Lord of, of wrestling gods that Santos Escobar covered the, the medical bills of his cronies after they went through that yeah. uh, several times. You know, and not, not only that, but but before this even happened. Uh, Joaquin Wild got tossed through a windshield, and the other guy got got um, got thrown into the into the grill of that semi. So they were yep. having they were having a very rough evening, and there was a there was a very near miss involving a pickaxe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, did you see the way it went through that door? Holy shit! <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I thought I thought that hole was gonna be bigger than when when uh he took the pickaxe out, removed the pickaxe from the door. You know, uh, well, so did I. But gimmick, gimmick or not, yeah, I don't, I don't think you want a pickaxe flying at your fucking head. Just, just a thought. And then, tell oh, me for your thoughts, so to speak. And then the final segment of the night. Adam Cole giving his explanation. Roderick Strong comes out. 
It's, see, they similarly shake hands and Adam Cole delivers a low blow, so this is the end of the era. I saw that coming a mile away because yeah. because I'm, you know, we're both veteran fans, so we're, we're it's kind of hard to pull us in. Um, you know, but have, having said that, this was tremendous. This was tremendously executed by both men. And, um, you know, I, I I don't know what happens now to the other three members disputed air, but then again, there really aren't any other uh, stables for them to go up against mm-hmm. on the main roster. So, um, so it's it's just like okay, but I I swear to God, if you are gonna break up the undisputed air, and and I I would I would I would I would have said this uh, you know even if even if they hadn't broken up on undisputed air, but but listen to what I'm saying, folks. Listen very closely to this segment of the show. As as a matter of fact, I want to I want to be looking into the in, into the camera face to face right now before before I before I say this. Uh, let me let me minimize what I'm doing here. Okay. Oh shit. All right. Here we go. So, Elio, look at me. If, if they fuck up Adam fucking Cole. The way that they have fucked up ninety-eight percent of these of these NXT call-ups over the over the last number of years, I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to seriously consider quitting professional wrestling. Oh. I I'm I'm serious. I I might have to take like a three-month hiatus. Oh. Because. But I, I've said I said this about Keith Lee. I said this about Shayna Baszler. I've said this about Aleister Black. You know, I, I've said this about Andrade. The list goes on and on and on. I said it about the glorious one, Robert Root. I said, but I I I mean this with every core of my fucking soul. If they fuck up Adam Cole on the main roster. I am going to kill somebody. Oh, okay. Oh boy, you heard it right here, folks. There, there, there's, there's no possible way for for them to for, for them not to recognize Adam Cole's talent. But I have a reason for my fear, other than. Other than prior NXT examples, oh, which are on Ben, yeah. And here, here's my here's my reason for having more fear for Adam Cole than, than even some of the other uh, NXT call-ups. Was just saying something. Um, Bruce Pritchard, uh, not too long ago, had something to say about Adam Cole. Uh, I, for, I forget who, who he was interviewing with. That's really inconsequential. But what he said was that if if Adam Cole looks like Karrion Cross, 
he would have already been WWE champion. So the fact that Adam Cole is small gives uh, Mr. Pritchard pause for, for his success on the main roster. Bruce Pritchard's uh, working in a whole other t- era. I don't know what he's talking about. If you don't push Adam Cole, of all people, to the moon and beyond, to infinity and beyond, if you if you don't strap the, the rocket ship to this motherfucker and buzz later his ass to the next dimension of professional wrestling fandom, I have no idea what the fuck you are doing. Because let, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Because justifiably, so they call AJ Styles this generation Shawn Michaels. Just and there's there's no argument there. And if you if you do argue with me on that one, that you know you you need to you need to press pause on this podcast and do some research before you come back at me talking stupidity. Well, let me hit pause so I can argue with you. Well, well, fuck off. Um, but, but you know, so so if if um, AJ Styles is the current generation's uh, Shawn Michaels, yeah, then then Adam Cole is the next generation's uh, Shawn Michaels. That's how good he is. Yep. So I don't I don't want I don't want to see any of this mid card bullshit for Adam Cole. I don't want to see any of this, any of this small guy syndrome, you know. And and you know I love Rey Mysterio, but if you book him like Rey Mysterio making comebacks against these gargantuan motherfuckers, I got a problem. That's not how you book Adam Cole. You let Adam Cole go in there and be fucking Adam Cole and make you money. Vince, I, I, Vince, you better not get your grubby, wrinkled little paws on on Adam Cole and change his moveset, change his entrance theme, whatever the fuck. No. You stay in your little office in Stanford. You lock the door when Adam Cole is in the ring, and you shut the fuck up. You... You don't you, you don't get on your little headsets and, and and tell commentary to bury Adam Cole. You shut the fuck up and let that man perform his artistry. And get rid of Bruce Pritchard. I'm I just I really hate Bruce Pritchard. I just don't like him at all. Well, I'm I'm right there with you because and and I I have read what he what he has had to say on his on his podcast. He's got nothing smart to say. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. He's he's a he's he's an absolute dumbass. I would rather listen to to Conrad Thompson book a wrestling show than than Bruce Pritchard book one because because being part of the Flair family. Automatically, by by default, Conrad Thompson has more knowledge on professional wrestling than Bruce Pritchard does. Bruce Pritchard, to me, symbolizes the ultimate corporate yes man geek. Yep. And and look, I'm not just a fan on a podcast saying that. 
you know, it's because it's because I have heard what this man has to say. I have listened to interviews by him and, and, and show and I've listened to his show and the way this guy talks about people and the way he views professional wrestling, the fact that he is still in this business is astonishing to me. Absolutely, I'm Elio. I'm I'm mind blown. Uh, you know, m- most most people, uh, you know, who I say I have a problem with, uh, that's pretty much based off of one incident, or maybe they they said something stupid, and and I I can go off on that. You know, S- Sami Zayn being a, being an example of that. Uh, Braun Strowman being a, being an example of that. Seth Rollins being an extreme example of that because he just didn't know when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but um, but you know, in terms of Bruce Prichard, in terms of wrestling figures, he's he's the guy that I have a visceral reaction to on site. Because he truly believes that the fans are stupid. If you look, and he doesn't even have to have to say that in those words. Like, it, like he, you cannot convince me that he doesn't think the fans are fickle motherfuckers. He's just an asshole. Like you know, but I'm telling you, if it, if him and Vince McMahon fuck up Adam Cole. I'm gonna have to take an extended hiatus from. I've heard, I've heard one or two of his uh, shows. I couldn't uh, finish them because he, it was just, it was just hard to get through. Yeah. Well, and plus, on top of that, they're like three hours plus, and it's well, kind of. I just don't understand these shows. Like how they can go so long. I. Uh... Well, what? Well, it kind of goes back to what I to what I was telling you, you know, the other the other day, you know, um, because a lot of these podcasts, you know, they'll go move by move in every match on every, <laughs> on every show. And you I, only you don't have to do that. And I can't I can't do that. Yeah. I, you know, I don't even like to listen to my own voice for that long. Yeah, um, right. I, I can only imagine somebody else listening to my voice yep. for that long. I mean, it's ridiculous. And speaking of giving my voice a rest, uh, let's shift it back over to the professor for his review of uh, SmackDown while I while I prepare my seating arrangements in the classroom of Professor Canella for Ben's homework corner. Right after the SmackDown review, Elio, take it away. All right, I'm doing SmackDown. Okay, I I thought we were gonna do SmackDown. Okay, I'll do SmackDown. That's fine. Well, remember because I didn't I didn't watch it. Right, you can watch it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I think we went out of order. We were gonna do NXT then AEW. That's all right. Don't worry about it. I'll take I'll t- I'll take the double. All right. So. Smackdown, we get a, the usual Roman Reigns segment to open the show. And, uh, of course, Reigns uh, saying how the company needs him and Elimination Chamber needed him. 
then like he gives uh, Edge you know, the opportunity to like back out of this WrestleMania match and go home to his family. That brings up Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And uh, he wants a match, championship match against the Reigns at Fastlane. Well, apparently, thank God they're not doing it that way. But then uh, Jay Uso um, cuts him off, and then, of course, uh, Reigns distracts him, and Jay uh, attacks him and lays him out. So we have Jay Uso versus uh, Daniel Bryan for the main event. Then we had the Mysterios uh, losing to the Alpha Academy. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Ray, if this is what they got it for you, look, look, okay. I understand. No, I I can't contain myself. (laughs) What the the fuck is this? Why? Okay, before we talk about the Mysterios, and and I, I, I mean this, in all seriousness, not ha ha ha, he he he, ho, whatever. Um, why is Otis turned heel number one and number two? Uh, if they were gonna, if they were just gonna put him back in a tag team with Chad Gable, uh, why did they break him away from Tucker Knight in the first place? When when Tucker Knight and and Otis made for a much better tag team than Otis and Chad Gable. I remember, didn't I, didn't I say it on the last show? I, I'm like, Ben, where's Tucker Knight? <laughs> well, well, plaster his face on a milk carton and get that son of a bitch on the news because that's what I want to know. Was he, he was the one that turned the heel on Otis. Wouldn't it make sense now that Otis turned heel to put them back together? Apparently not. Whatever. Oh, my God. Okay. Then we had, uh, this one was one of my highlights of the night. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. I like this new Apollo Crews. Yes. And, you know, it kind of of reminded me of his old Uha Nation gimmick. Like, I'm Nigerian rule... I'm, I'm Nigerian royalty, like you know, that was just kind of cool. And, well, and hold, on, hold on, I have to ask you a question. Did you see him in, in his Wuhan Nation uh, persona? Yeah, I did. Okay, was he a heel or a face? He is a heel. Okay, do you think this could work as a face or a heel? No, Which, no, he, no. This is a heel turn. This is one hundred. No, no, I know, I know. I'm saying, do you think this could work as a face? No. No. Okay. This, this this is a this is a tailor made heel gimmick, and I love it. Wait, yep. I absolutely love it. Then we had Tamina defeating Liv Morgan. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> then we had son, then we had Bianca Bianca Belair was up next to give her a decision. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, my co-host is allergic to certain matches. Like he doesn't care about certain matches because they're irrelevant. Exactly. Okay, so Bianca Belair comes out to give her decision, which brings out Reginald. 
again, he's trying trying to persuade um, Bianca to not go after Sasha's uh, championship, but to go after uh, Asuka. Sasha comes out and tells him that he doesn't speak for her, and and, uh, Sasha says, Bianca is second best because she's the best in the women's division, and so Bianca makes clear that at WrestleMania, she's going after Sasha Banks' title. Exactly. Which, which that, this was a foregone conclusion. You, you, you didn't have to drag it out this much. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, excuse me. Once again, I'm, I'm allergic to bullshit, and I'm having a reaction to the fact that, number one, Reginald, and number two, <laughs> the fact that this went on so long. Fuck, um, fuck this Reginald. Ah, Reginald, get off my screen. Well, go back to Cirque du Soleil. No, I, not, I mean, not, not that you're not, you know, incredibly athletic, but where oh, are you? Like go- on the mic? Oh, oh, oh my God! No, no. See, go go back to being the sommelier for Carmela. You were bought in to build up Carmela's character, and now you got a yeah. Now you got a like a schoolboy crush on Sasha Banks. Let me which, ask you that. What, which, hold on, go on. Hang on one second. Let me just finish this. Yeah, song. go on. Yes. Yeah. Which, which I don't blame him for having a schoolboy crush on on Sasha Banks. I mean. I mean, my crush on Sasha Banks has risen to the level of, of the Pink Ranger on, on Power Rangers. Oh, well, but, like, but come on, that laugh is ridiculous. I cannot stand uh, that laugh. Oh, well, it's it, well. That's another thing entirely. But so my my point my point being, for me to for me to be able to admit to you that my crush last admiration for uh, Sasha Banks has reached. Uh, has reached pink Power Ranger levels from the from the mid nineteen nineties. That's telling you something. Um, but and on top on top of that, I legitimately think Sasha Banks is one of the most talented um, people in professional wrestling. Just period, regardless of gender. I just uh, you know. In terms of charisma and ability, she's a, she's the whole package, and I I wholeheartedly believe every single word of that to also be true for Bianca Belair. So I can't wait for this match. It's just the fact that it took so long. I mean, nobody actually believed that that you know uh, Bianca was going to go after Asuka. You know, because like, because I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Oscar now. But ever since she won the women's championship, she's been irrelevant. She's played second fiddle to uh, Charlotte Flair and Charlotte Flair's uh, ongoing thing with Lacey Evans, and and I, I have even heard now that despite the fact that Lacey Evans is legitimately pregnant. We still have to deal with this pregnancy storyline, um, which, which if that, which if that is the case, then that is disgusting, um, because you know she just needs to go home and 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 take care of what she needs to take care of. Going back to Raw for a minute, 
That was yeah. so, that was stupid. As soon as um no, yeah, it was on Raw where she announced her pregnancy, or was it last week? It was last week. Now, going back to last week, okay. As soon as she announced it, Rick Flair's reaction was so stupid. I know, but but it's it's as if he, it's as if he was celebrating the fact that his kid. It was fucking. Just stop, but he, uh, everything about this storyline just needs to go away. Yeah, they they need to they need to use Lacey Evans' pregnancy as an opportunity to wash it from existence. Now back to you, Samaka. What is this accent that Reginald's doing? Because that ain't French. I can do a French accent. That ain't it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you can do a better one because you're Canadian. I mean, my name is Reginald. I should be talking like this. I don't know what kind of accent I'm doing. I mean, you know, je suis pas français. I have a feeling Canada helping me, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god G- just that little bit was, was more entertaining than anything Reginald's done ever <laughs> I don't know why I get this <laughs> but that brings us to okay so we have Sammy Zane and Baron Corbin versus the Street Profits Sammy um, no you know what actually for much of another fan of Baron Corbin, I did the backstage segment that I find I kind of found entertaining when he kept yelling at Sammy's camera and crew to like stop recording him. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was, and then uh, during the match, uh, he's Sammy Zane is like Corbin's in the ring, Zane is on the apron, he's He's uh, talking to his camera crew, telling them, watch how the referee doesn't enforce the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, Corbin gets thrown to the outside, right? Okay, yeah. he's, he's like at the, at the bottom of the ramp, the entrance ramp. Right. The camera, camera, camera who's filming him, he's like, he, and he's pushing him away, he's like throwing them around in the semi scenes, like, what are you doing? I'm paying them. <laughs> he's like Stacy. I get the yells at them. Stop recording me. <laughs> so you know what? For, for, for as much as I can stand, Baron Corbin. That was that was entertaining. I found that entertaining. Him yelling at the camera. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's, that sounds like it would have been a fun bit. Then we then we had uh, Seth Rollins coming out to to deliver on one of his promos. He says that. We wrote our letter to the WWE higher ups, and it got a huge response on social media. Where where was that huge response, there, Seth? Because I didn't see it. It was on Twitter, and then uh, and then uh, he was interrupted by Cesaro, and he's trying to convince Cesaro to join him and embrace the vision. Cesaro oh, Cesaro just grabs him by legs and delivers the Cesaro swing. Well, and I hope that this is building to a match with uh, Cesaro and Seth because that could be a really good match at WrestleMania for sure. Yep. And then that brings us to our main event, a double countout with Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso. Well, that, that's to be expected. 
That's just the continuation of the story that they have going. So that's that, that is WWE SmackDown. Ben, why don't we get the DeLorean ready? Because we are going back to 2014 for the very first NXT pay-per-view. Very good. Let's... And we have from February 27, 2014, at Full Steel University, 400 people in the in attendance. On commentary, we had Byron Saxton, Tom Phillips, and William Regal. And this was NXT arrival. Yeah, and I was I was a little bit surprised that um that William Regal was on uh, commentary. Uh, I confess, this was the first time I'd actually seen uh, NXT arrival. Um, but then I was uh, I was reminded that, that JBL was the original uh, NXT general manager before William Regal. So very good. So we had one dark match prior to the show. We had Mason Ryan defeating Sylvester LaForte. Uh, do you remember either either of these guys? Uh, yeah, and um, bo- both of them were uh, massive failures. Um, especially, especially uh, Mason Ryan. Ooh, I, I, I would have thought. So were they equal? Both equal failures? Because I didn't see anything special in that other guy either. Well, not, neither did I. But still, you know, because if you if you think about it, before it was never really involved in anything. Mm-hmm. But they had uh, Mason Ryan originally in uh, in. Yeah, the, he was in Nexus. He was, yeah, he but he was in the um the new uh the the new Nexus with CM yeah. Punk, yeah, but yeah. that that didn't work out very well. Um. Oh, good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, so our first match, we had Cesaro defeating Sami Zayn. They gave this 22 minutes, 59 seconds. Okay, can I just can I just say something here? Yep. Two, two things. One, this match was fucking insane. I love every single second of this. Okay. Uh, no, number two... Um, Number two, uh, go, go back and watch this match instantly if you haven't seen that. I'm going to pause this podcast right now and go back and watch it. I, I and to be honest with you, Elio, I wouldn't even be mad at you. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would tell you the same thing I tell anybody listening to this. Pop some popcorn in this motherfucker. Turn the volume up and enjoy a wrestling masterpiece. That, the fact that these two men were not pushed to the moon after this match is absurd. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely absurd. Because look, you you can you can say you can say whatever whatever you whatever you want. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. Um, And in mine, I don't know what the higher-ups are looking at when they see a match like this and they don't, they are not slobbering 
all over themselves in anticipation of making money with these two people. Um, because, because, to be honest with you, I preferred this version of Sami Zayn to the, to the, um, to the current one. Oh, okay. Uh, right. by, by a long why, time. Why, why is that? Um, why, why is that? Because, um, because it, it was more about his in-ring ability okay. versus a character. Oh, I get it, because right now we're seeing the comedy Sami Zayn, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and look, Sami Zayn is, is you're, you're going to see how good of a wrestler he is regardless of comedy, yeah. but but it, it, it reminded me of his run in... Um, ROH? In ROH, and I just, oh, I always preferred that, oh, that version of, of Sami Zayn. You know where where he could just go in there and focus on wrestling, and it wasn't it was it wasn't like suffocated by a character. Yep. Because what when because when um, when Sammy got into that uh, you know um, feud with Kevin Owens, that was so that was so cool because. They really are best friends, and you could tell that they were enjoying playing off against each other. Uh, and and the rest, the wrestling was fantastic and stuff like that. Here with this Fidel Castro wannabe gimmick, um, you know he, he's more annoying when I see him. So which I get, which I get is part of the gimmick. I'm not, I'm not blind to that. Trust me. But I think, I think when a gimmick makes your wrestling secondary, I think that then that becomes a problem. Uh, just for me personally, but um, and, and plus I don't know about you, but going back and looking at this match, his offense looked more impactful here than it ever does nowadays. Yeah. Like that, that blue thunder bomb and haluva kick was like you can kill people with that. In in 2014, nowadays not so much, because because the moves themselves are not protected. And that brings us to our second match. We had Mojo Raleigh defeating C.J. Parker. Do you remember this guy, C.J. Parker? Yeah. Well, luckily, I think I think in his in C.J. Parker's case, it was a very good thing for him to get out of WWE and go to NJPW. Um, for, for those of you that might not be aware, um, C.J. Parker is the current Juice Robinson in, uh, in New Japan. Yep. And granted, he was much, he was much younger here uh, in your case of a duh for the week. Um, but... Um, but yeah, the the whole moon child gimmick wasn't working. That was a. I'm not sure where they went with that character, but that just was not working. No, not not at all. So I think, um, and I I don't think I don't think C.J. Parker would have been treated well on uh, on the main roster in WWE. So, 
I'm very glad that he's having success in NJPW and getting to show just how talented he really is. In match number three for the NXT Tag Team Championships, the Ascension defeating Too Cool for to retain the championships in 639. Too well, Cool, how in 2014 we've seen Too Cool in the NXT ring. Well, one, it, it, it was kind of sad for, for me to tell you the truth with uh, with Grandmaster Sexay, um, you know, and, and just remembering what happened to him a, a few years later. Mm-hmm. Um, um, however, um, for the match itself, I couldn't believe that um, that they got in as much offense as they did against uh, the Ascension at the time. Because even though the Ascension were booked like morons on the main roster, and they were booked horribly, and that was that was that was really one of the first examples that I can recall of of NXT of NXT stars being treated like dog shit on the main roster, um, because it, in NXT. These motherfuckers were legit. When 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 Victor and Connor came in the ring, somebody was about to die. Yep, I actually I actually like these guys. They were yeah, pretty cool. They had a really cool entrance theme, and a yeah. really cool a really cool entrance in itself. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know they, they weren't bad wrestlers either, uh, like oh. at all. Um, you know, I, they they got in they got in trouble largely because um, I think uh, I think one of them uh, I think it was uh, I think uh, it Connor was Connor he, he had like two um, wellness policy violations so they, they never wanted to push him because you know he kept he kept getting in trouble I think. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, this, this Ascension versus Green Roster Ascension, completely different animals. And, and I really enjoyed them in NXT for sure. Then we had the NXT Women's Championship. Paige going in as the champion, defeating Emma in 13 minutes. This was a better match than I than I had anticipated because I had to remind myself to give this one a chance because I thought Emma was going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Having never seen this match before and and seen the gimmick with which she went into it with, uh, Emma had a much better showing um, than I than I thought she was going to have. Uh, quite frankly. And um, you know, Paige, um, Paige was really good even even here. You know, being that young, you know, it, it's it's a shame that she got she got uh, you know wrapped up in uh, controversy with a bunch of with a bunch of things. Shop shoplifting an iPhone case. Uh, well, no, that that, that was uh, that was Emma. That was not Paige. No, oh no, oh sorry, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Emma. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I thought you were yeah. talking about Emma at the time. No, I'm, I'm talking about Paige. Yeah, my bad. Go on. Um, 
Yeah, Paige. Uh, yeah, Paige has had to go through a lot. Oh, geez. Which, which, and and some and some of that is not her fault at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that I think, um, I think you know when 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 the public hears certain buzzwords, um, you there's like a there's like a stigma to it. And uh, sex tape happens to be one of those stigmas, but but to me, to me the bottom line is like, you know, and look, I'm not the I'm not the president of, of the of the Page fan club, you know. So I I I find some of it to be quite ridiculous, um, but the 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 fact of the matter is, regardless of your moral stance. Like st- stuff was stolen from her and released without her permission. Like that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I'm I'm not I'm not gonna knock somebody for their, you know, for their for their sex life. That you do you know do what you want to do. I I I I I will I will I will say that some of her other uh, stuff didn't really help her out, but. Um, but but in terms of in the ring, God, she was good, and I I hope at some point she can follow along the lines of uh, of a Daniel Bryan or an Edge and eventually get back into the ring. I was gonna to say I was about to say you think uh, we're gonna see her return? Uh, I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I think I think she may have burned some bridges. Um, in WWE, um, no, like she, I think I believe she's still under contract with them, but I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Some, some of her, uh, some of her uh, outside of the ring personal life issues. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, um, but. Uh, and boy, I'm I'm not judging anybody. I'm just going I'm just going from what I from what I see. You know, pl- please don't please don't take this as as me talking shit. I'm I'm just I'm just going on what what I see. That's all. I'm not talking I'm not talking shit on anybody. Then we had Tyler Breeze versus Xavier Woods. This went to a no contest and went 35 seconds. Without a winner. Uh, fucking pointless bathroom break match. Now, Ben, are you a believer? Uh, well, appar- apparently, Bo Dallas is living the good life despite not being uh, not being used on television. Well, because the, that brings us to our main event, the ladder match. Adrian Neville defeats Bo Dallas to become the new NXT champion. They gave this 15 minutes, 41 seconds. Um, yeah, this this match was was, uh, was really good. I thought, um, you know, it it just goes to show you, um, it, it just goes to show you that you, you're not uh, you're not uh, automatically going to be a star on the main roster. You, you, like even if like for 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 instance, I thought. Now I never thought that Bo Dallas was going to be like a mega star, just you know, just because of his build and 
I, I, I never really found him to be particularly great in the ring or uh, good as a character. Um, but, um, you know, this wasn't the best slider match, but it, it was, um, it was, it was still, you know, pretty decent. And, um, you know, but I, th- I also think that there was a, that there was a real talent disparity between, uh, Neville, uh, now known as Pack in AEW and, uh, Bo Dallas, who I think is, is very good, uh, but clearly several notches below, uh, Pack at this point in time. Um, and uh, I, uh, like I said, not 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 the best ladder match, but cer- certainly uh, not a bad one. Um, I think I think I was I think I was taking taken out of the match a little bit, and I think that this was my own doing, and maybe I need to go back and, and watch it without rose-colored glasses on. But all all I could think of. Um, while watching this, was how how wasted Adrian Neville was in WWE. Like that's all I can think of the whole time. All right, that brings us to that uh, brings our week time warp uh, this week's time warp to an end. That was NXT arrival. We are now going to Ben's homework corner. Yes, and as I as I was telling you off the air, Elia, uh, in in the short history of this segment, this was by far uh, my favorite um, homework assignment that you've given me. And fans, I have sent Ben back in time to November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty three, for the very first Starcade featuring, which was titled "A Flare for the Gold." Featuring Harley Champion Harley Race defending his title against Ric Flair inside of a steel cage. So let's uh, start from the top and work our way down to the main events. Very good. So in the first match, we had the Assassins, number one and two, defeating Rufus R. Jones and Bugsy McGraw. This match was very sluggish. Um... Very, very slow, very plodding. Uh, I, I, I found, um, I found Bugsy McGraw to be uh, distracting um, with his, with, with his gyrations, to say the very oh, least. No. <laughs> um, I mean, was it, was it horrible? No. Uh, it's, it's it's worth noting as I as I've uh, mentioned before, uh, Nick Patrick's father Jody Hamilton is mass assassin number one. Uh, so I I got a kick out of that, and then uh, mass assassin number two, aka Mighty Hercules, which. I, I had I did not know that going in. Um, I had to look up who Mighty Hercules was, but apparently that is. Oh uh, come on, you know who this guy is. You remember Hercules in the WWF? Uh, well, yeah, I I know Hercules, but I, that was know. him. That was him. 
Okay, okay. I I thought maybe Hercules and Mighty Hercules were different people. Okay. No, no, no that was him. I I have it open right now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I know. I know what. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I, all right. So. See, I do. I do my due diligence, motherfuckers. That's that. That's why you should come listen to me. And when when I, when I call you motherfuckers, it's it's more of a in a co-conspiratorial sense. Like you're, a term you're, of endearment. You're you're, you're, in, you're in with the club, so yes, you're. Uh, if 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 I call you a motherfucker, it's because I love you, people, and I want to, you know. Invite you to the party, so so don't get all sensitive on me. (laughs) That brings us to match number two: Kevin Sullivan and Mark Lewin with Gary Hart defeating Scott McGee and Johnny Weaver. Uh, this was a little weird. Uh, nothing really, really newsworthy other than after the match. Gimmick where Gary Hart pulled a pulled a fucking uh, new jack on on Mark Lewin. Oh my god! The way he was bleeding, I thought he was seriously hurt. Good grief! I'm sorry, Gary Hart. To, wow, to his own man. Wow. Because Gary Hart was in uh, their was uh, their manager. No, no, it, it it wasn't it wasn't Gary Hart that that stabbed him. It was um, it it was uh, it was Lewin that stabbed McGee right in the face. Oh, it's oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. But um, I'll I'll tell you what that did that did not look good. That I mean that looked like unsafe. So either they did a very good job selling that. I mean, he was. You know what it reminded me of? Kind of, it reminded me of um, of Eddie Guerrero and JBL at Judgment Day 2004. I mean, that, mm. I, that guy was bleeding like a stuffed pig, and I, I uh, that was not something I needed to see. Next is going to be the King of Blood, <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher defeating Carlos Colon. Well, this was this was honestly a nothing match, to tell you the truth. Was there blood? <laughs> um, I I honestly I didn't notice. Fucking um, well, the the butcher. This guy's a crazy. This guy's a crazy man. Uh yeah. Um. And they, they uh, call him the, they call him the madman from Sudan. Meanwhile, he's just a regular guy from right here in Ontario, Canada. Yeah, and um, apparently Hugo Savinovich did a did a run in on. Uh, now keep in mind, folks, this is nineteen eighty three. Is it Hugo Savinovich? Was he a commentator? No, he was the one that ran in, clocked clocked Carlos Clown. No, I'm saying wasn't he a commentator in WWE or something, or he, one of the staff he, he, in WWE? Uh, yeah, he was a Spanish commentator. Yeah, that's why I'm like, wait a minute. Is that the guy that we're talking about? Yeah. Wow. Okay, go on. And uh, then after the match, uh, a, a, a Tony Schiavone, who looked like a fucking 12-year-old kid, 
interviewing people in the back. Good, good God. Um, I, that was astonishing. But I guess um, I guess this was the very beginning of uh, of Shivani's career because they said from '83 to 2001 he was like the the guy for. Uh, you know, WCW, NWA, and uh, commentary, and I guess that started right here. So that was kind of cool. Um, and uh, so he catches up with Angela Mosca, who was the guy that uh, also got stabbed by Lewin by tr- when he when he went in to save Lewin earlier in the evening. Uh, so. So we we get uh, we get him all pissed off, and he's gonna do something about the situation, and we just have to wait and see. Um, let's let's see here. Um, oh oh, and and also right right right, I found this kind of funny. So right in the middle of this interview, what when Tony Schiavone is is asking about about um, Mosca's injured arm. Because he also got stabbed in the arm with the spike. He was like, oh, yeah, who do you think's going to win the flair for the gold main event? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, Tony, you got a flair for asking stupid questions. The man is bleeding from the arm profusely, and you're talking about who's going to win a match that he's not involved in. Uh, yeah, you really care about that man's well being. Fuck you, Tony. I, 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 and I'm, I'm I'm not going after Tony personally because that you know he was doing this job, but I, I'm thinking how stupid could you possibly be? Okay. You know I I, I, I literally had had flashbacks to a couple to a couple months ago. I, I I called this out on the show too. Do you do you remember um, right after uh, right after TL, TLC? Um, when Randy Orton attacked uh, the the fiend by quote unquote setting him on fire, um, you know, like right, and then and then uh, Caruso was interviewing Randy Orton, and he he was talking about um, he, he was talking about uh, threatening to uh, s- to set Alexa Bliss on fire the previous week. Yeah, and yeah. and she she doesn't she doesn't ask Orton about that. No, no, no. Her her first question to back to him was, "Do you think the fiend is coming back?" And at that point, I almost fell out of my chair because because my ass disappeared from under me as I was. Oh, wait a wait a minute! That's some talent right there. Oh, you know, I How does that happen? <laughs> Damn. I don't, I don't know, but apparently I didn't have an ass because I was sliding all the way to the floor because Thank God. I was I was dumbstruck by the stupidity of this question. <laughs> I, I really, I really was like, really? He threatened to set a woman on fire and you're concerned about the, about the scene coming back. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Okay, so when we, we go on to the fourth match, Bob Orton and Dick Slater defeating Mark Youngblood and Wahoo McDaniel. 
Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I looked up I looked up to Young Bloods after after this match, and they had a they have a very uh, sad situation going on because uh, his brother, who was who was featured um, later on in the evening, talking talking about uh, Mark Young Mark Youngblood's uh, brother Jay, he died when he was like thirty from pancreas pancreatitis mm-hmm. um so that, i'm like that's that's not good so apparently, apparently he died like, uh, like in 1985 at the age of 30 i'm like oh ugh. I, I i almost wish i hadn't read that because my stomach just kind of dropped um but anyway but i was trying to do my due diligence but anyway uh this match was uh, was one of the unsung heroes of of, of the night. Um, I don't think you hear about this match nearly as much as you should after I watched it. This is very good. If you if you haven't seen this match before, uh, this was awesome. And uh, and seeing uh, Bob Warning hit the hit the superplex for the victory. That made me smile because his, you know, his, his son uses that move now to such great effect, and uh, Bob Orton was it was better in the ring than I remember him being because I I I have now granted I haven't seen a lot of old uh, old uh, wrestling matches of his outside of him being in the sling. Uh, so I don't, I don't pretend to be an expert on, uh, Bob Wharton, uh, Jr., but, uh, he, him and, uh, Dick Slater, uh, really surprised me with how good they were in this one. And, uh, yeah, this one doesn't get the shine that it deserves when you, uh, you know, when you talk about the dog tower match and you talk about the player for the gold match, this one deserves to be in that conversation in terms of in terms of a spotlight in my opinion match number there we go match number five charlie brown defeats the great kabuki i can't believe in in 2021 i'm seeing charlie brown defeating another wrestler wow go Uh, on i'm waiting um, i'm waiting for the rest of the penis gang to show up yeah yeah I oh, okay. Go on. I just saw who Charlie Brown is. Um. Well, clue me in because I didn't know. That have you ever heard of the boogie woogie man Jimmy Valiant? Uh, yeah. That's that was him. Oh God. Wow. Oh God. Yeah. This is. This was what I would have qualified as a bathroom break match. I mean, I, I, there was nothing really special about it. Now, um, now this was a title versus mask match for the NWA Television Championship. Yeah, and, and it, it really didn't come off as being that important to tell you the truth. All right, so our sixth match on the card was the famous dog collar match, Roddy Piper defeating Greg Valentine. And actually, um, I don't know if you remember this, but they had uh, 
They had Greg Valentine in the crowd at uh, AEW yeah, yeah, Dynamite. Yeah. I remember, when, yep. When they had the dog collar match between uh, Brody Lee and... Um, Cody. And, uh, Cody. Yeah. Yep. And, and actually, that ended up being uh, Brody Lee's last match, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, yeah, they said that... Um, that that had been the first dog teller match since this one. Um, but this match was an absolute classic. Once again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and, and describe it move by move. Um, but this is just one of those that you have to sit back and enjoy yep. because because I found it very interesting that the U.S. Championship was not online here. Uh, Greg Valentine was the champion, but but it's almost like this match did, didn't need the title to be online because it was a very um, it was a very personal issue between the two of them, and uh, commentary uh, did a great job of, of selling this situation. It was really cool to hear Gordon Sully on uh, commentary. Um, that was a that was a rare treat for me, um, so I I enjoyed that. But like, just just the psychology of the match and uh, and and how much of an ass whooping um, Piper was taking the whole, pretty much the uh, for the majority of the match. Um, yeah, I would I would definitely. Um, I would definitely go back and uh, recommend that anybody watch this one. Um, and uh, the the the, end, the ending was really cool. And apparent apparently uh, apparently because of the uh, the beating that that uh, Roddy Piper took, according to the site that I'm using. He actually suffered permanent hearing loss from this match. That, which, which wouldn't surprise me because, like, you know, usually, usually I can tell when when somebody is, uh, you know, kayfabe punching somebody versus really punching somebody, and uh, and the hammer, pardon the pun, but he was. He was not pulling those hammers on uh, on uh, Piper. I mean, he was laying them some bitches in. Like, hey, you, like you might want to, you might want to take it easy on this guy yeah. a, a little bit. I mean, I I understand his professional wrestling. And it's supposed to look like a fight. I mean, I appreciate that, but oh my lord, the the level of ass whooping and storytelling that. Uh, that Roddy Piper was a victim of in this situation. Yeah, no shit he lost hearing in his ear. I mean, go 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 back and take a look at this match and just the viciousness of Greg the Hammer Valentine in this situation. Like, like I I confess, I I am completely unfamiliar with the career of, of Greg the Hammer Valentine. And it, it is it is very rare for me to be completely unaware of somebody's history because I, I, I really do consider myself a student for history. 
I'm I'm typically very good at that aspect. Um, but I I don't I don't know a lot about Greg the Hammer Valentine, but after watching this match, I understand why he's a Hall of Famer. Because holy shit. Um yeah, definitely go back and take a look at this one. Um that, go on. Are you done? Yeah. All right, that brings us to our tag team match for the tag team championships. Ricky Steamboat, Jay Youngblood defeat the Briscoe Brothers. We have new tag team champions. Um, this, I mean, for me personally, it was it was a bit of a come down after after Piper versus Valentine. Um, but uh, you know, but it, but having said that, it was it was still a great match. I. Uh, why isn't my fucking computer working? Uh oh. Hold on. Hey, what the hell? Uh, par- pardon me, pardon me, folks. I, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to scroll down so I can actually look at the match I'm reviewing. Uh, hang on one second. Okay, here we go. I just hit the wrong button. Um, but yeah, I uh. I I really I really enjoyed this match and like and like Steamboat really is the classic babyface. I mean, it's uh, let me ask you a question between between Sting and, and uh, Ricky Steamboat, who do you, who do you think was the more iconic babyface? I think it was Steamboat because he was around a lot longer. Yeah, I I would agree. I, I would absolutely agree, and um, yeah, it's, it, it's it's amazing to, to me. It always is considering we we grew up in different eras, but our our takes and opinions on pro wrestling are pretty identical, which I find hilarious given our age and age difference. So then we that brings us to our main event for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Inside of a steel cage, the champion Harley Race losing to the Nature Boy Ric Flair. We have a new champion in the Nature Boy. Um, you know, uh, at um, at at first, the the match actually started out pretty slow, uh, but the way the way that it picked up, um, and really. Hit the hit the climax. I mean, I know it probably seems like I'm I'm not doing this event justice, mm-hmm. but but the the issue that I'm having, and I I will I will admit this straight up, is I don't have historical context for this. The the way that the way that I that I under that I understand uh, this event after after watching it for the first time ever two days ago was that it was it was WrestleMania before it was WrestleMania and I understand that after having watched it but to be fair. Um, I don't. I don't have knowledge of NWA previous to this, or or even after, because this was before my time. So in terms of historical context, I can't really give 
I can't really give you too much. And I feel like it's my responsibility to tell you that. All I can tell you from what from what I understand of professional wrestling, ha- having watched it for 30 years, uh, even in even even after this time frame, because I wasn't even born at this point in time, um, I can understand why this is considered such a classic because it was it was a hell of a fun match to watch, and I, I believe that I believe if I remember correctly. This was only Flair's third um, world heavyweight title, um, if if I if I remember that correctly. Um, please uh, correct me later on, Elio, if you if you find out that I'm wrong. Uh, but I believe that this was his third. And, I'm sorry, uh, say again. What was it? Wasn't this uh, Flair's third world championship? Oh, let me. Um... I, I think it was. I'm not sure. I, I'm gonna have to check that. I'll, uh, I will. I'm gonna check that off air, and then we'll have it on next week's show. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and uh, and so all all I all I can tell you is like the way that they were building this thing up, you know, before the match and even after. Um, it was like it was epic, because the way that, and, and it really was, in all in all fairness. Um, but like, I'm not I'm not used to main events ending that way, because usually, usually after a main event, it just goes off the air with the iconic imagery. So I was expecting the um, the pay per view to end, you know, with flare up on everybody's shoulders and stuff like that. But then. Then he went back to the locker room and had interviews. And they also interviewed Harley Race. Let me tell you something. Harley Race was a scary motherfucker, man. He's a legit tough he was a legit tough guy. He when he when he when he was in the ring uh, on camera or on camera, that way he wasn't playing a tough guy. He was really a tough guy. Well and and trust me, I I I believe it after one watching this match, but two, his promo after the fact was holy fuck. My my thought process with with Harley Race's tone and his voice was Rick Flair, watch your back because you're gonna get murdered in a parking lot. And in no in, but in a in a wrestling context. That's what's missing these days, you know, because it's hard for me to believe that these people have a personal problem. Now, part of that is because I've been watching wrestling so long, but part of part of that is I believe that the psychology of professional wrestling nowadays is missing to a large degree. But like because when I was a kid and I would watch people like The Undertaker and, and Jake Roberts and stuff like that, I honestly believe that that their goal was to was to hurt you. You know what I mean? And that's the and that's the point. Um, but um, you know, but Harley Race, he had he had that Jake Roberts quality before there was a Jake Roberts quality. And what I mean by that is like you had to lean forward to hear what he was saying. And to me, 
that's that's a more effective way of being a heel than kicking and screaming and blah 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 because if you have to listen to somebody's threat because they're speaking softly, you better pay the fuck attention because Harley Race is gonna come to murder your ass. And and I uh, and I I I loved this promo. This this uh, this after the main event uh, in, interview segment um, with both Ric Flair and Harley Race was tremendous. And one of the one of the highlights of the night because t- to me that's the art of wrestling promos is the storytelling that feeds off the in the ring action. You know. And that, and that's the part of wrestling that I love. So you know, I got I. So despite the fact that, yeah, I came to understand the historical significance both before and after I watched the match. Um, you know, it it, it, it was it was the after the match promo that really put the match over the top. Because. Uh, and just and the other thing that I want to mention about this match is, I really appreciated its build. You know, it started out slow. It it wasn't like your typical cage match of like, okay, we're just gonna automatically charge each other and try to and try to bash each other in the cage. No, I mean they they had that later on as the match was building, but. I really just appreciated the layers of storytelling and and the fact that the fact that they picked a body part and, and worked it over, and and just and even even the ref uh, Gene Kaniski, um, the the way that he pulled Reese out of the corner when he had uh, when he had um, uh, Flair laying up against the cage on the outside of the ropes. The way that he pulled um, Race by the hair to get him off of Flair, mm-hmm. that was that was like perfect. So there, there was just little subtle elements of this that that I thought were fantastic. All right, now so that was uh, Starkey, nineteen eighty three. Which is the show for overall? Um, uh, over, overall, I would have to rank it very, very highly. I, I would give it a nine. I would give it a nine out of ten based on those four matches that I mentioned. Okay. And this was the the, the other the other four. I didn't I didn't think had to be on the show, but I mean I I I understand it, you know, because it was like it was like the first like really big pay per view for wrestling. As far as I understood it. I, I could be wrong about that. You, you would know, you would know more. But the way, the way that they were putting this over, this seemed like the granddaddy of them all before there was a granddaddy, granddaddy of them all. What am I? Am I right in thinking that way? No, no, you're right. This was uh, WrestleMania before. This was uh, WrestleMania before WrestleMania. Yeah, and 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 to their credit. The, the the commentators and everybody involved really made it feel that way. So, um, hats off to them, and uh, I thoroughly enjoy watching this. I feel, I feel like I I feel like I learned something about professional wrestling watching this, which was a really cool feeling, because sometimes when you're when you've watched this for so long, you miss out on some of the nuances of it. 
and I was reminded of it from watching this. So, yeah. in, in other words, thanks, uh, Professor Canilla, for turning me on to this. You're welcome. Okay, so um, now when we were doing NXT arrival, I was looking at next week's uh, time warp, and there doesn't seem to be anything um, really exciting to watch. Uh, we have like CZW, TNA, like the one of those when it only pay-per-views New Japan. So what are your thoughts on doing double assignments next week? I can do that. Because going look going on by my list here I have in front of me, the next one I have for you is WrestleMania 17. One of my favorites. And we're going to follow that up with Starcade 1986, which features Ric Flair versus Nikita Koloff. Very good. So, yeah, I, I love that. Let's do it because, like I said, WrestleMania 17 is one of my favorites, and uh, I've never seen Starcade 86. And I'll even, I'll even jump in on WrestleMania 17 because I watched it not too long ago, like just recently. Yeah. So, um, so we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a lot of fun with that, and especially, especially after watching Starcade '83, I'm very interested to to see more Starcade after because that that was my first. I'm almost embarrassed to say this because I consider myself a, a student of the game, but I, I I I learned something entirely new, and I give you credit for that because I was not aware of. A Starcade outside of the outside of the WCW incarnation from the nineties and two thousand. So, I'm I'm pumped up about it. Very good. So that is double assignment for next week, and what do you say bring this week's show to a close? Absolutely, my friend. All right, fans. For Ben, I'm Elio. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all next week. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, people, and hit our outro music, you son of a bitch. What do I pay you for? Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath, stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you It's only this moment, don't care what comes after Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over